0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Powercat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to the Powercat Questions podcast. We're back. We're back earlier in the week just because I'm working around all of these important people's schedules. Cole's got baseball to play. Zach's got yet another trip. He's taking another sports-related trip. He's just living his best life. And Ryan Gilbert really has no life, Mm -hmm. uh, but he works a lot. And here we are, recording on a Monday. Monday's my recovery day. Oh, by the way, Tempest Chill, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody. Ryan Gills Gilbert. And, of course, we're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you're in town. Best prices, best service, best-looking owner. Make sure you use the phrase, Kevin is sexy, and you might get something off at the at the register. Like, like
3: a discount or
2: clothing? No, clothing, probably. <laughs> Stop into the fridge whenever you're in town. If you live here in Manhattan, what the hell are you doing at any other liquor stores? Unless you're in there to buy like a fifth of something to put it in a paper bag and walk around the streets in your sad, pathetic life. It's very aggressive. That was kind of aggressive. I just just made fun of people that don't shop at the fridge uh so anyhow um i I don't like doing this on monday i'm 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 opposed to this i i i I worked hard all weekend i did important stuff and then i you know kind of uh did some less important stuff on sunday and then i right on monday i just kind of like to veg out a little bit. No. Let's do a damn podcast. I don't even know what we have to answer that we didn't answer at the end of last week when we did the last podcast. There's some good questions. There better be. There better be. People, you're disrupting my schedule. Well, you're not. These clowns are. These guys are.
3: Even Even the dogs don't look like they're into it today. Well, the good news is if this one's bad, mm-hmm. it'll be nine days before the next one. See, but So we'll have plenty of time. Podcasts are like
2: menstruation. You need it on a regular cycle. No? What? There's this, it's science! That's a good analogy. It's science! If it if comes at unpredicted times, next thing you know, we've got like a, a baby podcast. <sighs> Anyhow, this is the PowerCat Questions podcast. This, this isn't the overtime. No. Uh, you ask the questions. We answer as the best we can, which uh, might be um, me making monkey sounds uh, today. And we'll just see how it goes. Because it's Monday. Well, you're listening to this on Tuesday. And by the way, when you get the overtime later in the week, it also happened on a Monday. And it's going to suck because of it. Well, that was a. Way to sell that one. That was really a good sales pitch <laughs> to listen to the overtime. Anyhow, it's your Power Cat Questions podcast. We're a little bit more serious, apparently, on this one. And Ryan Gilbert apparently is going to ask the questions. And I am ready as best I can be. First question comes from Go Youper Cat. I'm not ready. If the NCAA
4: lifts coaching staff limits, what new coaching role would help Chris Kleiman's staff the most?
2: I don't understand the purpose of this. Didn't even the NFL have coaching limits? They have a bunch of other titles. Look, th- this is my thing about this. No, you can have as many coaches as you want. It's first of all, it's stupid. But what it is is the NCAA is so tired of having to enforce the rules they pass, they know everyone's analysts are on the field coaching They know that's going on, so instead of trying to get anyone in trouble, they're like, oh, we'll just change the rules so you're not breaking the law anymore. That's basically what they're doing. Alabama and the SEC schools that have money will hire a coach for every player. They'll hire a coach with an assistant coach at every position group. I mean, you won't even have a defensive line coach. You'll have tackles and ends and linebackers inside and out and safeties. And you'll have like a nickelback coach. And um, every specialist will have a coach. I mean, because special teams is a collection of things. Like Sean Snyder was great with punters and kickers and snappers, but not so good in the return game. Well, you could have two then. I don't understand how the NCAA thinks this is going to help anything. This is just going to escalate the arms race to the point of we're going to go back in time when when the big schools could have bigger coaching staffs, bigger rosters, bigger everything, and just smother everyone else. I don't know what they're up to. I don't get
5: it. I, I don't understand the purpose of this. I think more than anything, it's going to in impact recruiting. To me, that's where I see the biggest the well, biggest change Well, That's a really good is. question. I haven't seen anything. You, right now, you can only have the 10
2: guys out on the road. At once, maybe eleven with the head coach. I don't know how that works now that they went up to ten. But you have a limit on who can go on the road. Well, if you have thirty-five assistant coaches, can they all go on the road? But
5: that's that's the main question, right? I mean, if if I'm right, the NCAA is trying to avoid having to enforce rules. The answer will be yes. So then, to answer this question, I think what schools are going to do. <clears throat> excuse me. What schools are going to do then is say, you know what, while we would like to have, hey, we're going to have position coaches and all this and that, there's only so much that they can actually do as far as on the field coaching goes. So I think what this is going to turn into is we're going to hire an entire recruiting staff. You will have contact with your position coach, with the head coach, and then all the other recruiting staff. So we think of at K-State of a Taylor Brat, there's going to be 30 Taylor Brats at however – You know, name your institution. They're going to be the ones that are in charge of scouting the portal. They're going to be the ones that are in charge of going to high school games. Hey, five scouts are going to go if this is in. You know, if say this happens at K State, five recruiting coaches will go watch a prospect um, in Kansas City. Another five will go to watch one in Oklahoma, and then another five will go watch a game in Arkansas that a prospect is at. Like that's what this is going to turn into. As that is a Daphne shake of approval. So. I truly believe that if this were to happen, it would impact recruiting more than it would actually impact on staff coaches simply because we know how much power that coaches want to have, right? They want to be involved in every single little thing for the most part. I think this would impact recruiting more than it would impact anything. I think if you're K-State, you have to allocate your resources specifically to the recruiting aspect, specifically the transfer portal. This is a really good point. Let's say you've got... Um, well, let's say you're Kansas State and you want
2: to make your jobs more attractive for coaches and you can't afford to pay what a Michigan State does. We've seen that. What if you hired a defense coordinator and said, you don't have to recruit? Once in a while, if you got someone you really want, you can go out on the road, but this guy is going to do the recruiting for whatever position you coach. Now, I don't know if that'd be effective. I mean, it wouldn't, if you're a player, wouldn't you want to have the coordinator come out or the quarterback coach come out, but if you've got some guys, some older guys that just aren't good at recruiting, take them off the road. Give them other in-house assignments like the transfer portal and get some young guy that wants to go out on the road and, and get some dudes. I think that that's not a bad way to approach it if you're Kansas State. Hire a couple guys that are just going to mainly recruit. They'll help coach a little bit, but that way they can mispractice all they want. And then let's say you got an older linebacker coach who doesn't like to recruit as much. Hypothetically speaking... You leave him in-house, and he can go through transfer portal tape instead of going out on the road. I I would actually think that would benefit Kansas State. It gets back to my idea of having someone in charge of the portal. Just have a couple veteran coaches that don't hit the road. The the younger guys now that are coaches 12, 13, 14, 15
3: can go out on the road. I like it. Cool. good job. At some point, there's got to be a law of diminishing returns, though. You know, you can add 30, 40, 50 coaches, you know, however many you want to, and you've got to pay them. I know. But how much work can they possibly do to make you better? I agree. And I, I think that that's. I, I, it's gonna be a problem. Don't get me wrong, it's gonna be a problem. I don't know how much of a problem it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be, wow, every you know, every player has a coach, you know, I don't think it's ever gonna get to that much, but I think the recruiting aspect, you know, and from K State's standpoint, I think that's the best course of action. If you're if your new assistants are gonna be allowed to coach and go out on the road, I think that's what you need to do. You need to find two, three, maybe four guys that are able to mispractice, go out on the road as much as possible and then you know, coach when they need to. You have your mechanics,
5: which are the coaches, and you have your used car sales used car salesmen, which are your new recruiters. Mm. I think that's the best the way I can put. Mm. it. You're <laughs> about to say used Carlson. <laughs> I did almost.
2: Yeah, I, I'm disturbed by this, but I almost also feel like the NCAA is like, go ahead, hire as many people as you want. You guys can't help yourselves. You will, no matter how much money you make from your new. TV contract, SEC, you will outspend that because you can't help yourselves. Nick Saban says, I want, you give. He can have 50 coaches. He wants 50 coaches. You will pay 50 coaches $100,000 a year or more. You can't help yourselves. You have no self-control. I'll be fascinated to see how this plays out in the long run, or if it even passes. Uh, I mean, they're talking about lifting scholarship limits, and uh, I just don't see how the – the mass of even the f b s would want this there's there's more uh, schools outside of the power conferences or of the power standing like u s c than there are those schools. I mean you could they could vote it down. i this is gonna be really interesting. I, this is a stupid thing. But it's the NCAA. NCAA is in its last throes of life and they're just trying to make
3: everyone happy. And it won't happen. I mean, if you even added 10 coaches, let's say every school added 10 coaches. Do you know how many bad coaches are on FBS football teams? I mean, 10 times 130, you know, whatever that is, that's more than a thousand coaches. How many possible good coaches that will provide you value can you possibly hire? Just... If you distributed it evenly, it's just – there's no way it's going to ever
2: reach that point. The Alabamas and and other schools like that have proven that they're willing to hire on all the former head coaches that have been fired. Those are tangible coaches. Right. But when you're at Kansas State, you're looking at we're going to hire five guys at – you know, sixty thousand dollars a year. Young guys that are just starting to grind, make them prove themselves on the recruiting tour. You want to get ahead in this profession, you go get some dudes. You get some dudes, you start coaching the position full time. This is going to be a mess. It's going to be, but it's. I'll give me plenty of content to talk about, so that's good.
4: From claws out, balls out. If Deuce Vaughn has another great year, what would keep him here rather than entering the draft?
2: So there's two ways to look at it. One is the possibility that he's not going to be drafted no matter what he does. His measurables would discourage teams from taking him. Plus, let's be honest, he's a running back. And we've seen the running back stock drop so much in the NFL now, there's hardly any drafted anymore because you can go find guys. So there's one way to look at it. You know, Why go out early if you're not going to get drafted? Certainly not drafted high. And the other one, and I think this is how Ryan Wallace stands, is if he has a big year as a junior, why come back as a senior? Your your stock isn't going to get higher. You probably maxed it out. You might as well go and and uh, try to stay away from injury. They're both really they're both feasible. They're both tangible ideas. I I don't know how he'll he'll play it out, but I know this. I bet you K State is selling Dylan Edwards on the idea that Deuce ain't going to be here. I mean. If he is, you can redshirt, but he probably isn't. You're going to have an opportunity to walk on the field just like he did and play.
3: If the NIL money is good enough, I could see him staying, especially if, you know, it's kind of like a Nigel Pack thing. If somebody wants to pay him, you know, whatever to stay or even transfer for, you know, all we know. And if we know he's not going to have uh, a, a surefire NFL draft position or an NFL career, I could see him trying to extend his college playing time but i think the other thing that we haven't really talked about is let's say k-state this year they make the big 12 championship game and they come close to winning and they make a new year's six bowl and let's say they win that let's say they win the peach bowl or something against you know the power five or the the group of five team in the in the new year's six you know and if you're going to bring back a bunch of guys does deuce want to be a part of something that maybe you know, into the future that, you know, if, if he thinks that they can improve next year, I think that absolutely he'd come back as part of that. Cause I think that Deuce, Deuce is a winner and he wants to win. And I think that if he's in a winning program this year and if the, you know, the taste of greatness is almost there. And if you can see it continuing into the next year, I think he stays. Okay. So I have a couple of things for you guys and I I
5: just want to bring these ideas up because I feel like Wally, you know, you, you you mentioned Wally and, and I feel like we're kind of on the same page as this. Um, I'll, I had to look this up, so if you don't know off the top of your head, like no worries. But how many running backs do you think were taken in the first three rounds of the NFL draft? I have no idea. I'm going to say four. There was six. Okay, That's there more than six. I thought it'd be. But there was no running backs taken in the first round. the The first running back taken was Brees Hall, 36, to the Jets. In total, there was 23 running backs taken in the NFL draft this year. I'm surprised it's that high.
2: So let me ask you this. Uh, honest Scott, I don't know why you're picking a running back late. If he's not good enough to be Brees Hall and picked high, what, because look at the Chiefs roster. They took a first-round guy. Is he that much different than the guys that have been backing him
5: up? No, he's not. Running backs come and go in the NFL. So let me ask you this, though. Is Deuce, If Deuce Vaughn were to leave, would he be one of the top 20 running backs that would be going to the NFL? I find it hard to believe that he would not be in that group. Well, I would agree with that. Yeah. So if you're Deuce Fawn and you just want to play in the NFL, I mean, what else? How?
3: But how much- what counts as playing in the NFL if you're going to be a seventh rounder and you're on the cut line? You know, just because you're, you were drafted doesn't mean you're going to be making a roster. But I think you have
5: to think about draft stock. And how much more can his draft stock realistically improve with his measurables? That's another thing. It might be one of those things. Hey, Deuce, you know what? You're a great college football player, but you staying one more year at K-State is not going to improve your draft stock no matter how much you go. So would you want to risk injury of if I tear my ACL, I'm not playing
2: in the NFL? That's the way I feel about it every time I do a podcast. If I injure myself on this podcast and can't do it
5: anymore, I should probably just set it out. I also want to bring this point up. Oh, boy. Record-wise at K-State. So I bring up why he should go into the NFL okay. and maybe why he wouldn't go into NFL. Are you the arguing NFL. with yourself right now? I am. That's awesome. Let me ask you this. I haven't looked this up. I'm on the verge of doing it right now. K-State all-time rushing record. That's, Does he have a realistic chance to break that record? I don't know. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't know my where's Numbers. Where, where's he at? Well, I, I'm looking it up. Oh, for God's sake. Oh. If he gets five.
2: Oh, my God.
5: If he gets five seasons, Absolutely. So, you think that would be something of interest to him? Because we've talked about him being a competitor. Okay, here we go. 4,979 rushing yards. Darren Sproles has the... That's a lot. Was that guy good? All-time Might rushing record.
3: Is he an NFL Hall of Famer? Mm, maybe. Should
5: I don't know how up-to-date this is, but I know that um, that is a lot of yards. John Hubert's number two with 2,993. Wait, number two Are is all half? Purpose or rushing? This is rushing yards. Okay. Now, he might have a chance at the all-purpose. Now it's Sproles, probably. Total offensive yards is Josh Freeman with a 8,421.
3: that guy. When you include quarterbacks, that doesn't doesn't really help. A team's going to
2: have to look at him with the same value of a Darren Sproles. So what will indicate to me that he's looking at Going pro is if we see him back more on punts and kicks. If Chris Kleiman starts showing off his ability to be a return specialist, then he's basically saying this kid's getting ready for the NFL. I need to put him out there, and Chris would do that. He wouldn't get wrapped up. Well, if I show that, you might leave, and you know he wouldn't. He's not that way. So that that'll be really interesting because that's what some someone's not going to draft him as a running back. I'm going to draft him as an all-purpose guy that can. You know, get in the slot, do a little Tyreek Hill stuff, although he's not that fast. But, you know, he, he, he certainly can make people miss. Debo Samuel. So, so yeah, he's just going find to a, find a spot for him. And maybe that is something you'd take in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. Because it brings you more than just a running back. Zach, you mentioned the NIL, but I think this is a pretty clear answer. If Deuce wants
4: to go to the draft, X amount of dollars would probably keep him here. If he can make more in Manhattan than he would in the NFL... I don't see why he wouldn't stay here, Manhattan.
2: I think some insurance company that does specialty applications should have an NIL for these players and insure them. That's your payment. I'm going to insure you against injury for $5 million. And if you're
5: career-ending injury, you get paid. And you're a spokesperson for our insurance company. Deuce Vaughn is currently at 2,046 rushing yards.
2: So, he's about... hmm. He's he's way off pace. Well... He needs to be about at 1250 a season. So, he should be about 500 yards more. Unless he
5: wants to
3: play three more seasons.
5: Which is a possibility. Doubt it, but you never know. Yeah, I doubt it. Considering he had 1400 last year. Um, So, again, all-purpose yards, he probably has a little bit better chance. Um, If he gets into the 1400 range for two more years, he's right there. So... He's at 2,900 yards, all purpose. If we look at all purpose yards that are not from a quarterback, that would probably be a little bit more doable. Um, that, that would be, doesn't even look, looks like all the guys, except for Darren Sproles, who's 4,979 right now, Deuce is at 2,948. So again, that's a lot more likely. That's almost, that's only 2,000 more yards. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. Does he care about records? Does he want to go down as one of the best players in the history of K-State um, and stay play for two more seasons, potentially three, like you said, Ryan? I don't know. But there's multiple things he has to juggle. And um, I know this, we've been on this question for a minute, but it's it it's an intriguing one for sure. From Itane Bibi, which of the
4: transferred out players will have the biggest year? You can choose from football or basketball. Hmm.
3: It's got to be Nigel Pack, it right? It does, isn't it? I mean... That's the only answer.
5: Did football lose anyone that we think is going to be a star anywhere? No. T. Denson? No. But I wouldn't put him in the same category as Nigel Pack. Well,
2: it's got to be Pack unless he has such a bad experience at Miami. Nigel seems like the kind of guy that would collapse if his teammates were pissy towards him, which could happen in that locker room, what he's getting paid. But I'll I'll still stay say Nigel because... Hell, most of the guys that are transferring now to Kansas State aren't power five or power six level players. I mean, Bradford was kind of borderline and Wake Forest took him. The roster was so
5: bad. Off off the top of my head, Davion Bradford, Nigel Pack, T. Denson are the only football and basketball players to transfer from K-State to go to a power five. Am I missing anybody, or is that right? Where did T go again? Purdue. That's right. Well, I mean, this last year. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to King Jim. Shout out King Jim. Exactly. So I, I if those are the only three you're picking, because I don't think we can count Logan Landers going to Grand Canyon University as a good, you know, if he has a great season. Oh, that's you know, it's uh, if he has a great season, good for him. But yeah. there's an asterisk by it. But the they
3: need to make they need to win their tournament and make the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and they need to and pull he's got an upset a, in the first game and he needs to score 30 points you know there's a lot of he needs to do this 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 and this Nigel can go and score 10 points a game at Miami and that's you know that could be the biggest year pretty easily you know Nigel is the obvious answer but I mean he doesn't
4: fit Miami at all he's only there for money he didn't have any sort of relationship with a coach or any teammates none of that he's just there for money so things could go south you know no pun intended but you know Things could, they, they could simply not work out for back. I could easily see that happening. What if his teammates are, you know, we've talked about this before. You're making 800K for two years and I'm here making nothing. We'll see what happens. I think it's a safe answer, but I wouldn't be
5: surprised if something, something goes wrong. Let's also point out that Davion Bradford doesn't have to have that good of a season next year to have a better season than he did last year. He gets in, sa- in shape. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he will. So, I mean, that could, that could be an answer too. I agree. Thank you. Are you proud of me, Fitz? No, I am.
4: From Recyclops, who will be our leading scorer next season? A, Marquise Noel, B, a newcomer already on the team, or C, a newcomer that hasn't committed
2: yet? C. I think they're still looking for their lead guy. It's getting
4: pretty late, though.
2: I know. I know. I agree, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting.
4: If They're a, getting if their a, backs a, against the wall here. If they don't get a new newcomer, it will be Noel.
3: But I agree they're looking for somebody better. You, you know, if you, I, I would it, be shocked if it was Marquise Noel. I would be. They're bad. Completely shocked. No,
2: that's not a shot on Marquise. It's just he's not a lead scorer at this level. I mean, it's they're not very good if he's that way. But here's my point, folks. I've been through the two worst back-to-back seasons in the modern history of K-State basketball, followed by an improvement last year that didn't even get them into the NIT. I'm willing to give them a year. I didn't think they'd need a year. But, okay, let's say things don't work out here. They spent a lot of time and effort on a kid who I think gamed the system and wasted their time and effort, um, unfortunately. But there's still some players out there. They have unearthed some pretty good high school players that they're looking at. And the fact that they're not grabbing them tells me that they are still involved with some other guys that can really help, Isaiah Mosley being one of them. Um, And we'll see how all this plays out, but... They better start getting some dudes. I mean, Tang talked about it. Come end of June, was it August? Like, no, dude, maybe, maybe uh, before the end of June, yeah. you, you might want them on campus working out. I don't know. It's it's get it's getting fascinating here. But am I am I fearful for the long term future of the program? Hell no. There was no long-term future for the program the way it had turned south so badly. So now I, I do think in two, three years, the program could be you know, back to respectable levels where you're getting in the tournament. I was hopeful it would be next year. We'll just see how – they've got some more time. We'll see how it goes.
5: I think if Marquise Noel is your leading scorer next year, then the team um, was built not how Jerome Tang wanted to build this team in the offseason. Is Marquise Noel capable of being a leading scorer? I think at Arkansas Little Rock he showed us the capabilities that he was able to be a leading scorer. I think this year at K State, if he wanted to have, been, if he wanted to be a leading scorer, could he have just dribbled the ball up and down the court every single time, shot threes from four feet behind the line, and been a leading scorer? I think, yeah, I think he tried to play to what the team strength was, which was Nigel Pack, um, but I do think that. Um, I agree with you guys and say a newcomer already, a newcomer that isn't committed yet will be a, a leading scorer. But I also think Noel, if he can refine his game a little bit, has a great chance to be one of the leading scorers. Be Careful, he's going to call you out on a,
2: on the press <laughs> conference. Yeah, I, I apparently, tell the kid he needs to cut down on turnovers and polish his game. Is trash talking. Look, I, Marquise Noel could be your leading scorer, but he's going to be James Harden he's going to take a yeah. ton of shots, ill-advised shots. If he can score in the double digits without getting carried away with his shooting. I just they got to go get some guys, but I also think there might be someone that they're bringing in that we don't expect to be really good. It's going to be okay. I keep going back to Curtis Kelly. Curtis Kelly had the exact same stats some of these transfers have, but for 2 years, not just one, and and he turned out to be pretty damn good. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. They they do need to get some dudes in, no doubt about it.
4: I just, I just hope they have a, a good plan because, you, Fitz, you mentioned it. One, if not two guys, they have basically said, we want you here, and then they've backed off on, mm-hmm. right? So th- they've got some master plan, and hopefully everything falls into place. But, I mean, Antoine Davis, you know, Terry Roberts, go back to, you know, Phillips, who's now at LSU. It seems like they were gonna get these guys who were gonna be those guys and, and they're just they're not committing mm-hmm. for whatever reason.
3: I okay. agree. Last
4: question from what the heck is going on here? AKA Call Me T twenty two. Which K State team should have the highest expectations next academic year? Football, either basketball team, volleyball,
5: or someone else?
1: Ooh. I don't know.
5: I is it weird I want to say women's basketball? That's what I was gonna say. Like I, I feel like they have they have a really good recruiting class coming in, mm-hmm. which I know that um, rankings and stuff for for the non um, two power sports are not as available as some of the other uh, as the other sports. But I I know that they have what two McDonald's All-Americans that they're bringing in. They brought in some transfers. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say the women's basketball team simply because uh, you throw all that into account that they're bringing back one of the best players in the sport. Um, yeah, but, I mean, women's basketball, it's different, right? You feel like in men's basketball and f- during football that your team can have a chance to win the Big 12, and once you win the Big 12, anything can happen, right? that That's the goal in football and men's basketball. In women's basketball, I think they showed in the NCAA tournament that there is a huge difference between being a good women's basketball team and being an elite women's basketball team. I mean, that second-round game really showed um, showed us how far behind the women's team is to, to, for, to be a national power, and I don't know if K-State will ever get to that. Um, but I think they have a chance to be good next year, so I'll, I'll put the highest expectation um, as as the women's basketball team and um, maybe say football close second.
3: I think that the highest expectations should be women's basketball, but I also think the chance of the biggest disappointment is also women's basketball. I think that yes, they should be good, but if they're not, I think you should be pretty disappointed. And I think that's the biggest chance of, of the biggest window, I guess it could swing either way on the teeter-totter. With all due respect to volleyball and women's basketball, um, to just talk
4: about football and basketball, men's, there is a lot a higher expectation for Kleiman because this is his fourth year on the job. He's gotten a chance to recruit his players. I know that recruiting right now is is starting to pick up for the future, but, I mean, Tang has only been on the job for two months. So in four years from now, if Tang, you know, has a couple losing seasons in a row, loses X number of conference games in a row like we've seen with Kleiman, then you can start to point your
2: finger at them. But for now, it's got to be football if you're looking at just those two big sports. I agree with that. I agree with everything you guys said. I think women's basketball has the potential to have a breakthrough, but they also have the potential to not work. Um, and But I think football is going to be really good too. So those would be my choices. And I think volleyball is on the fringes of being sneaky good. It's needed to get over the hump. Speaking of over the hump, we're, we're at the hump in this podcast right in the middle right in the middle. And what we do here, look, don't try this at home. We take a break. We take a break. We play some ads and then we come back and talk more. That's how the pros do it. And us
1: too. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
2: Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert. Guys, I I went back and uh, did the audit of the overtime, which means I listened to it. Uh, That's a fancy radio term. And uh, I never introduced you guys on the overtime. All right. I don't really feel bad for you guys. I feel bad for all the people that are like, who are these idiots? That's probably
3: why people got upset about it. Are they upset again about the overtime? Probably because we, we didn't get introduced. So they had to be upset that mm-hmm. they had to listen to the whole thing and didn't understand it. And no context. Because they didn't know
2: who we were. Yep, yeah, I ruined it all.
3: What doesn't ruin anything is going
2: to the fridge. In fact, you'll get great bargains and great service, great selection. When you need your party enhanced... Go to the fridge, and you know what they'll do for your party? They'll elevate it. That's what they'll do. Huh. Maybe I should just name a bar elevation.
5: You're not going to rebuild it.
2: No. You're going to elevate no, probably, probably gonna it. Apparently, apparently, probably going to rebuild and only partially elevate. We'll see. We'll see. Just saying. Just, just saying. Cole Carmody has your questions from All About Station in the second half. We'll try to be briefer than the first half.
5: No promises. Adam K sixty three. Ah, that jerk. It's been a minute, so welcome back to the podcast. What's your prediction on Jerome Tang's reaction to eating calf fries at the K State Fry? Um, you know what you? I don't understand this question. Please fill me. Oh, in. Rocky Mountain local. oysters. Oh, okay. Cow balls. Yeah.
2: Okay. I get fried that. fried cow balls. Well, actually, not cows because cows are female. They're calves. calves. It's bulls. 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 Have you ever had a Rocky Mountain Oyster? I thought I did. One, uh, the one year I went to Scott City, I thought I did, and I thought, hey, this tastes like fish. And then I realized it was fish. I didn't realize I had fish. <laughs> then I ate the fish. So you didn't try it? I you was brave enough to think I tried it, but when I realized I didn't try it, I took it as an exit and didn't try it.
5: I'm going to guess that since Jerome Tang is from Houston, he's had a lot of that's, good food. So That's valid. I, I would assume that he's already had calf fries before. I, I feel like that's has to be the correct answer and only answer here.
2: Who, who came up with this? What at what point in the old west did they go? Hey, we got to cut that balls off that that ball over there. He's going to be a steer. We're going to send him to Texas to be the mascot, and then we're going to eat his balls. Excuse me. We're going to eat. We're going to fry them. We're going to deep fat fry them, and we're going to snack
5: on them. What? What do they taste like?
2: How do I know? <laughs> I
3: don't They taste like balls.
2: There we go. Why, wouldn't, why was this question in the regular podcast, not the Overtime?
3: <laughs> it was in the regular questions podcast. You should have sent it down to AAA Overtime. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, it is a K-State question It was a K-State question I, I think he will I'm going to say he will
2: Even if he hasn't before He will give it a sample
5: mm. My question is Along with serving chili and cinnamon rolls For the pregame meal every once a year Are they going to include calf fries with it as well? Mm-hmm. Hope not No That's just a is that south, southern, southwest, western Kansas Tradition right there.
2: Hey, Ryan Gilbert, you're from uh, Overland Park, so you're our... um, Culinary expert? Our ranching expert. Oh. Um, (laughs) Do you think bulls talk? So when they come back and now they're steers, they're like, dude, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Or do you think they're just such horn dogs that they go in there and like, oh, yeah, touch those. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah!" I plead the fifth. We better clip that
5: and keep it, get it, clip it.
2: Ding, ding, ding. TikTok it. Uh, thanks, Adam, for adding a little bit of overtime to the regular podcast.
5: Next question comes from Jay Boland, PSU. Outside of what is already being announced as planned to be built, what other athletic facilities would you want to build? I've let, said me, let me take that back. Would you want built? I don't know if there's a difference. I, I, don't,
2: I don't know what you do with Bramwich Coliseum, but I build a damn field house, I build a real basketball arena. And I don't know what you do with it then because you're already building a volleyball arena. Maybe you turn it into your wrestling arena when you add wrestling.
3: I don't know. All of this NIL money has come from wherever. Just ask for more and hopefully it shows up and you can build a giant basketball arena. It doesn't have to be giant, but you get know what I mean? Zach, I, I want to ask you this question because I know that
5: you posted on the website about the Mammoth Sports re-turfing the fields, right? They're, gonna, they're also going to put new turf into Bramlage. Yes, I'm pretty sure we did. We put something up. No, on No indoor
3: did. football. Uh, I, I didn't put it under my name, but yeah. Oh, oh, it was GPC <laughs> staff. I don't know who that could have been. Um, so,
5: are they going to do anything else with the turf? Are they going to put new logos down, or is it just like is well, there going to be
3: a new look? Have it's going it to. It's. I read the press release. They're going to do it after the 2022 season. So okay. they're going to use this turf. For I believe it's fifth season, and then it's done. So five seasons of turf, and it was some AstroTurf. They're going to go back to a field turf brand. I don't know the the intricacies of artificial turf, but it's a different blend than what they've used. But who knows what they're going to do as far as logos and I didn't
5: know if that had something to inside. do with the new purple. You know how the, the new logos mm-hmm. deeper purple. I didn't know maybe. if that was maybe something that was maybe on the docket. I don't know if that counts as being built, but
3: maybe we'll see, see I think purple re- end zones. I, I or could totally see like it. That. I could totally see a redesign of, of stuff. I it's that's it's what been I'm it's been pretty stale. They these are the pinstripe bowl end zones. That's where the end zone debuted was the pinstripe bowl. Then the next year oh, they put in the new turf. Wow. So it's been it's more than five years. Twelve years. That they've used the same design, yeah. but they've, this is oh. the second field uh, uh, version of it. Yeah, I think it would be good to refresh
2: the look of both Bramlage and – Bramlage needs a new court. That court's horse crap. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Uh, now I'm not talking design. I'm talking physically the wood. is just – it's a mess. I, I think I, actually that's probably where a lot of the foot problems come from because that court is so uneven. It's got gaps. I, I don't know. Just have fun with it. Will the Big 12 have a new logo? When it goes to – are are we talking about the big 16? I mean, is that a possibility that they'll go to
5: 16? They own that trademark. We'll see. Next question comes from KSU number one. Or a purple field. Just beat Boise State to the punch before they join. No, thanks. Just a giant purple field. Purple field. Ugh. Anyways, issue number one, Brian Bishop from the OU board claims Oklahoma and Texas are leaving as early as 2023. Do you feel he has a realistic timeline, or do you believe it will be later? I think they're going to effort that, but I think at the
2: end of the day, the Big 12 is going to say, no, this is what you owe us. What, what do we have to negotiate? We keep your TV rights. You can go, but we keep your TV rights. That's what's in the
5: contract. That's what you signed. That's what you agreed to. Big 12's got all the power here. The ESPN Plus with Big 12, Big 12 Now and ESPN Plus featuring Oklahoma and Mississippi State. Yeah. See, the thing is, is if the Big 12 is
2: wise about this, they're going to look at ESPN and say, you want them now? Okay. What are you going to offer us for a TV contract? I mean, if you can leverage ESPN into poning up pretty good money for a media rights contract, you'll lower the price for Oklahoma and Texas to leave. Now, look, I think it's in the best interest of all parties to separate after 22. If the new schools are coming in in 23, I'm tired. Just be done with them. Just be done with them. Go on off to the SEC. Quit bitching out, playing morning games in the Big 12 because you're going to play them a ton in the SEC. You're going to be the bitches that get scheduled for the morning games because you're the outsiders. You gave up your standing those 11am games are just so weird to me. Players hate them, coaches hate them, fans hate them. TV loves them because the ratings are obvious. I mean, the ratings are solid. Why? Because most people are sitting at home on game day Saturday. They're not actually at a stadium and they just want to watch football from morning to night. And so they grab the best game in the morning and they just start watching. And they might make it through a full game and then they'll go work in the lawn or something. Those games get great ratings, and everyone hates them. Big 12 is going to play a lot of morning games with their new contract. I, I'm aware of that, but I think the Big 12 needs to just
5: embrace that. I don't think that – I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't believe Mr. Brian Bishop because I think he comes from a very, very respectable source. Um, he's getting this information from extremely you know, reliable sources, and one he wouldn't post that if he didn't think that that was actually gonna, going to at least be – close to being the case so I'm not going to say that I don't think it's going to happen but at the same time I can see OU I can see Texas giving this information out as a way to say hey let's get fans fired up to a say screw the Big 12 and get excited about going to the SEC I think that's another realistic possibility I have to go back in and exactly see what he said but I know that he was saying how there are multiple sources that are indicating hey, this could be the case. Um, so I, I don't know if that is something that is 100% you know, what they are standing on. But I do know that it would get fans fired up. I mean, think if K-State was in this other position and they're going to the SEC and they're ready to leave. The conference that uh, that they're in is ready for them to leave. Yeah, they're going to try and get their fans fired up to leave. So I don't know if this is actually going to happen personally. I just think it's so hard to leave without playing the remainder of your contract. So I I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they left, but I think it's going to be really hard.
3: Uh, Side note from, from what we were talking about, the morning game thing. You know how NFL games on Saturday, they start at noon, and no one really complains about playing at noon on Sunday I think that the perception of playing the early game for college football would change tremendously if you just moved everything back an hour. That's interesting. Noon Central, 1 o'clock Eastern, because it's noon Eastern right now. Yeah. Just move it back one hour, and guess what? You're in the same line as the NFL on Sundays. No one cares that those games are at noon. Instead of 2.30, you play instead the of game 2:30. at 3:30. Yeah, yeah. Just like the NFL, good boy. Just play like the NFL. You still have three windows, and if you want to do a Pac-12 after dark, you still can because they can play wherever, and they're willing to play whenever. Mm-hmm. They're willing to play at 9 in the morning there.
2: They're crazy. I I don't know, man. I I appreciate what Brian posted on the board. It was really informative, and there is a lot going on behind the scenes, but I'm just going to say this. I don't think anyone related to Oklahoma and Texas quite grasp. What a bad contractual position they're in. And their only way to get out of this is to somehow go to court and argue that they signed something they don't want to. It doesn't make sense to me. They don't realize that actually the Big 12 owns your rights for 99 years. That's what the contract says as far as I know. Now, look, that's not realistic. I know that can't be upheld, but... The compromise isn't zero, isn't two. <clears throat> I They're in a bad position. And again, the only way they're going to get out of it is if they pay quite a bit, but also ESPN comes to the table and helps and says, okay, Big 12, you're you you're back in our good graces. It, this is going to be fun. It's a mess. Get rid of them. <laughs> I'm all for it. Get,
5: break their bank, but get rid of them. Next question comes from I underscore am underscore the underscore Mark. You don't have
3: to read the underscores. It's okay.
5: I am the Mark. I am the Mark. There's like only one Mark. I am the Mark. There's one. He's taken over all Marks. Is this? I wonder if this is Mark. I don't think so. The other Mark. Does he spell with a C? No. Okay, it's not him. It's a Mark with a K. But he is the Mark with a K. Let's get that straight.
2: There. So there can be Marks with Cs.
5: Yeah, my uncle is one of those Marks.
2: There could be a Mark with a Q-U-E.
5: Marquise. No, that's just Mark. You don't have the E. S. Or the I. Let's go ahead with the question. (laughs) Well, they're new, so first of all, welcome. Oh, hi. Welcome. We have other Marks on the board. I'm sorry. Well, new to the site, welcome to the podcast. We haven't kicked them all out, but we will. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Thank you for asking us a question, Mark. Uh, He asks, future Big 12 expansion. I hear Fitz talk about expanding westward, Pac-12. What about an eastward expansion? Any ACC teams as candidates? A Louisville-Cincinnati would be really interesting. Any other schools worth commenting about?
2: You know, there was a phase of realignment when I thought the ACC would be up next, and then they signed a long contract. Kind of insulated themselves from it. But if you look at you're the Big Ten or the SEC, what schools are going to bring value?
3: North Carolina. Got it.
2: Virginia. You got it. Those are big big state schools right there. And you peel those two off, maybe Florida State if you're –
3: I don't know. Georgia Tech for the Big Ten. Is Miami not an option? No. I don't think so. I think that the SEC likes what they have, and they're only going to go into new new markets to pick off one team. They're going to go grab North Carolina and Virginia. They're not going to grab – Somebody from Florida. We're not going to grab somebody from South Carolina.
5: You know, Virginia Tech seems like a Big Twelve school to me. Yeah, I mean, very similar to K State. Same with Georgia Tech It'd be an engineering school. Those just seem like
2: Florida, Florida State's a land. Grant Florida school. State would fit. Florida State's a land grant school. Yeah, there's a whole chunk of ACC schools that I could see them trying to bring in. Then you got a BYU problem because you've got another island. This is going to be so interesting to see what what conference gets attacked next. Because for once, we're pretty sure it's not the Big 12. I feel like the bones have been picked of everyone they actually want. That doesn't mean there's no one who brings value to the table. I think the Pac-12 is incredibly ignorant and arrogant for not taking four Big 12 teams when they had the opportunity and bolstered themselves in the central time zone. That was a stupid move. They could have taken whatever four schools they wanted that were left over. And, and finished off the Big 12 and not had a threat really going western, westward. So we'll see if, if these schools really want to get a western pod and, and bring in four schools from the west. It seems really awkward, what? but it's the world in which we live now. And if that happens, then, yeah, the Pac-12 will be on the agenda for the Big 12. Absolutely. And the Big 12 will be trashed. Or excuse me, the Pac-12 would be trashed, just trashed. Stanford and Cal have blocked the BYUs and, the, and all the, you know, kind of ag schools out there. You know, anyone that isn't of their high academic standing. And I could almost see the Mountain West trying to bring in Washington State and Oregon State and all the schools that fit with them a little bit and say, okay, you guys are on your own. You're not invited to this party. You didn't want us.
3: We don't want you. It's just going to be fun. It'll be fun to be the outsider for once watching that happen. If the NCAA collapses, are all conference agreements null and void? That's a great question. I wouldn't think so because conferences kind of exist
2: in their own realm. Yeah, but do they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the NCAA is – looking at shifting a lot of the enforcement to the conference
5: level. It which is just true. Like a disaster. So it's like a national and a state level thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Oh, crap. I did the history thing again. Sorry, Riley. That's right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's because what I mean is if, you know, if the NCAA collapses, then you're probably going to see the super conference, you know, whatever emerge. You know, then you're seeing all these people jump ships. Since the NCAA doesn't exist and you're part of the NCAA and you're moving, you're trying to move to a separate organization, basically, you know, I think that you're going to see some, if conferences still exist, and the contract still exists I think it's gonna be easier to get out of those contracts because your agreement the premise of the agreement that you are a member institution of this conference in the NCAA it's no longer true anymore so I think the terms change and I think you'd be able to get out of those agreements with conferences mm. easier
2: I can see ESPN trying to pull that
5: I hate him I'm sorry I said that out loud didn't I mm. sorry I didn't apologize Last question of the podcast comes from I Like Pickles Cat. Pickles! How would you break down the priorities for the new Big 12 and their next media deal? Should it be entirely based or should they. Should it be entirely price based? There you go. I struggle reading. Should it be entirely price based or should they take a discount to be distributed well? I'm glad you graduated.
4: You Can channeled you your inner it?
3: gills. Good I job. I know. Uh, probably they'll go for the most money. Everyone does, but. At this point, who does, who has a ton of money that doesn't have distribution? Right. But the question is, should? The point is, you're going to be distributed well. Whoever gives you the most money is going to have the distribution to put you out there. Yeah. Like if Turner comes in and gives you a billion dollars a year for just a magical number. Let's say Turner pulls out a billion dollars a year and ESPN offers Five hundred million. Are you really not going to go to Turner? Every house has Turner that has ESPN. Just because it's an, an awkward channel, you know, you're already tuning into NBA or hockey at this point. True, if TV. you're watching Turner, you know CBS. You know, they're the NCAA tournament. You know, tuning into to that there.
2: Would would the pregame show be called the impractical conferencers? <laughs>
5: Not true sure. Don't if know. they want to be the impractical just, jokers, if they want to be uh, the impractical jokers, just, let's just put Dan Beebe and uh, Bob Bowlesby on there on on the set. I like it. Yeah. I like it's Hilarious it. with Brando as the host.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It, just, let's hope this is a problem. Let's hope they have a selection of decent offers. I'm not sure they will. I think it's going to have to be pieced together with
5: about three three or four entities, particularly if ESPN isn't involved. I could see twitter getting involved in this really? no i i really good no with, not, El- with no, elon musk not right now no no with it. As, if assuming that goes through i don't see why he wouldn't i think get involved no, in this i or fake because we've seen twitter facebook
3: twitter of, get involved in this kind all of all of twitter's sports initiatives have just been kind of like Co-brand stuff with League. Where they're like, hey, we're going to put an MLS game on Twitter. You know, here, go watch this. It's hard to find. I like using Twitter for what Twitter's for. But that interface is not good for trying to find live sports. My wild card's YouTube. I think that YouTube... They they can use their... They're cable like
2: platform, YouTube TV, but they can also just show it on YouTube. So, but
5: I, I don't mean streaming games. I mean bringing in another form. We've talked about it on the last podcast the betting aspect. Mm. Hey, if you want to go see live odds, search this on Twitter. There is a live. You know, stream of it, or Actually, hey, I think
2: that's a pretty good revenue enhancer for Twitter, right there.
5: If you want to see it as a, yeah. a passive, right? If you want, or if you want to watch it from the camera sky angle, this is streaming on Twitter. Like, there's other aspects that if a forward thinking company like that can partner with somebody like this, that is where I see that aspect kind of going.
3: Twitter doesn't have the money to pay rights fees All right, to no. conferences, not yet. not yet, and and it's they're not an option for this go around. If they're ever going to be an option. for for the big for negotiating anything
2: presented by tesla
3: <laughs> i but looked this up zach i Apple, pulled a Cole,
4: and i looked it up i thought i was right and i was the nfl live streamed games in 2017
2: yeah i remember that
3: that they've done stuff on twitter mls last they were shown on, on another twitter
2: another channel but mm-hmm. twitter also streamed them
3: yeah but twitter's okay. twitter okay. any there's no games that are exclusive on twitter right. at this point everything is hey You know, we're Univision. We're putting on the MLS game of the week on our Twitter. What's significant
2: now is we're going to see some um, games moving to Amazon and other platforms that are being completely produced by those platforms. That's the big step. Not like Apple TV taking over the red zone or whatever it is, uh, whatever the NFL package is from direct. They don't actually broadcast any games. They just pick up the signal and rebroadcast them. So I think as we see more of these other entities get into producing their own sports packages, that increases the chances of them getting into the college game and kind of getting addicted to it. And what I mean by that is if you're trying to do television, live television, whether it's series or whatever, um, you know, just not stuffing your DVR, it's the only platform, only selection you have where the ads are part of the programming. You don't speed through the ads because you're watching it live. The ads play. And I think the most effective ads now are the ones where they actually don't take a break. They'll put a camera up there that shows the sidelines and, you know, coaches talking to players, whatever. And then the uh, Budweiser ads running next to it. That's an incredibly effective advertising format for me. Because I don't leave, there's still content going, but I'm picking up the message of the uh,
5: ad too. They do that on Bally Sports with Ryan's favorite law firm in Kansas City, mm-hmm. Monkey Law in, or Jungle. Yeah,
3: here's a new or here's an ad. Here's a message from these people while <laughs> yeah. we change batters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Advertising like that, and it, hopefully, uh, again. The advertising needs to help speed up the game. When you can ev- when you can evolve your advertising to where you're doing it in the game and if you can take less breaks... Oh, it'd be huge. Mm-hmm. It would be huge. I mean, you can see it. Soccer and Formula One both are highly growing sports in the United States. Want to know why? They air everything straight through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to sit there through a commercial break and the games and the races... They're limited to two hours. Two hours is all you have to spend if you want to watch a full race or a soccer game. Maximum. It's great. And really, it's about an hour and a half. You really do not have to spend very much time. And and in a technological era where you're spending a lot of time, you know, on the Internet, doing whatever, there's not enough time to spend three, three and a half hours on a football game. If I'm an
2: advertiser at this point, I'm beginning to realize that, you know, Running a series of 30-second ads while everyone goes to the fridge isn't as effective as running maybe some 10-second ads that are embedded into the broadcast. They're just not. I don't know. I I hope that, again, this gets back to who they hire for the commissioner. I hope they find a really creative free thinker because the rules are all changing. And every time the conference sits there, well, what are going to be our divisions? I, just, I cringe because that's just – Old thinking, you get, you can't get out of the box. We've got to be on ESPN. Well, probably, but do you? Particularly if the Big Ten plays chicken with ESPN and ends up on, on CBS and Fox and maybe NBC or Amazon and says, you know what, ESPN, you're not part of our package anymore. Is ESPN that essential? Is ESPN giving so much money to the SEC they can't afford anything else? It's going to be a bad move. They'll be really... Demographic cavity in the South, but I think I think the Big Twelve made a serious move against the SEC by getting Old Trapper. They they now have the beef jerky market. Oh. Oh. the Old Trapper pregame show. Mmm, the Old Trapper. So they're no longer going to be the Dr Pepper Championships. will be the Old Trapper. The Old Trapper we're going to get instead of getting uh off-brand <coughs> off-brand sodas we're going to get beef jerky they're,
3: they're uh-huh. not off-brand sodas they're just part of the doctor pepper por- portfolio what are they like RC cola is an established cola oh it's old
2: yeah it's old yeah, yeah it's it's great stuff
3: um but what are the fruit ones are the
2: fanta or sunkiss sunkiss it's a-
3: yeah. and they're delicious seven up Anyhow, diet right. Next year at the uh, Big
2: 12 tournament, you'll look down to the media er- area, and there'll be fits, just like with old trapper, like chipmunk, just ch- just stuffed in my face. And meanwhile, I'm going to have like a sprite. I'm going to have a real brand of drink in front of me, a Mountain Dew, like a man. That's what the Big 12 is going to be like. The Big 12 is going to be like uh, the bull with the balls. Full circle. That's it. Here we, we go. Full circle right there. That's it for the Power Cat Questions podcast. Adam K, you're a pain in the ass. Why'd you ask that? Why? Why'd you do that to me? Why did you steer me wrong?
1: Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.